Don't be ashamed to learn things that you need to know. Here's Sexplanations with Dr. Doe. Sexplanations podcast, episode 92. I'm here with sex nerd Sandra. Hi. Hi. We're in LA. You are. It's Here we are, my hometown. Welcome to it. Thank you. Yes. Near the beautiful LA River. That looks so funky right now because we actually got rain. Can I tell you? So you were really excited to show me your river. Yeah. Because you think that it's a segment of it that's pretty. Uh-huh. <laughs> Do you know where I'm from? Probably a place that's immensely beautiful. Yeah, Montana. Yeah. <laughs> it's known for its rivers. We have a movie about us called A River Runs. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, was that Montana? Your most beautiful river (laughs) (laughs) looks like. Like your sewer system. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) I'm going to sit here and and love Founders River for her. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for honoring my version of a nice river. Thank you. No, I I do love this area just because, like, we don't have very good seasons in LA. It's just, like, Mm -hmm. hot, hotter uh, smog. Smog is a season. Oh, no. And so getting to be near a river that ebbs and flows and like watching like ducks be born and like it's just it's a really nice way to be in touch with some kind of sense of seasons in nature yeah <laughs> yeah oh that's good yeah okay. no and like even seeing when it's messy you're like wow it rained things are affected by rain that's neat <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. LA. It's cool. Yeah. It is. It's been an, uh, a major learning adventure. I went to a restaurant last night, uh, Gratitude, where they give you an affirmation question. Not yeah. all of our restaurants do that. I know. I love I know. that you went to that one. And we parked somewhere yesterday, got out of the RV, and the, the these people in a business nearby were like, hey, do you want to come to our sound bath? And they sound bathe me. How did... I don't get... How... It's like you have good <laughs> vibes just resonating. People are like coming to you, giving giving you affirmations and sound baths. I like yes, this. It was the day. Wow. Welcome to yeah. it. Thank you. Um, so you are, to me, you are like the sex ed podcaster. In many ways, there's lots, right? Like so many I'm amazing sex podcasts. Inside but- your heart, I exist as the sex podcaster. That is so beautiful to me. And I'm honored. Good. Yes. That's awesome. My face is bashful. Oh, it's pretty cool what you've accomplished. I feel feel like in it it was a sh- I don't know how my life got to be so awesome and I was able to affect so much with my podcast when I was doing it like a ton and I yeah it was just it's amazing that I get to be what I love okay so for people who don't know you started 10 years ago 2000 uh, you know honestly I started teaching 10 years ago podcasting mid 2011 okay. was when the first episode dropped uh-huh. it was with the then Nerdist a podcast network it was just starting, um, which was like a comedy pop culture network. Mm-hmm. It was so much was changing, like in YouTube and and iTunes and stuff. And my first episode, I went to top top of the charts like right away, and it was so shocking. And I almost threw up many times. Um, and it was just a wild ride ever since. It's just amazing. Yeah. How many episodes have you done? Like not that many, actually. More like I think like two hundred and sixteen, something like that. That's a lot. It is a lot. It's a lot of talking. <laughs> And like meeting people. Yeah. Um, And then you went on hiatus. Yes, this is true. I'm sorry. I get all quiet like, yes. And then I just like have flashes before my eyes. I I do the same thing. Yeah. Like this is great, great podcasting, Sandra. Good job. (laughs) No, I I love that there are so many types of podcasters and in the general sex ed, because like I'm not specifically polyamory, like in like you, Mm -hmm. like, you know, you 
talk about all the things and that mm-hmm. for me keeps it interesting. Yeah. But one of the awkward things about being in Los Angeles and having been born in Los Angeles is that I'm around a lot of people who moved here to be in the entertainment industry and do media and being born here and I was raised by who really wanted to be in entertainment. Being like second generation entertainment means like a lot of baggage around it. And like the most, I, I want to be, a, I dreamt as a child of being a, like a postal worker, like working in Alaska. Like, <laughs> I wanted to be a UPS driver. Oh yeah. So like, it was really strange to go from like a public health education thing to suddenly being like around a lot of, just being seen a lot. Like I wasn't prepared for that. So it was really hard. So like, I've actually taken a very long hiatus, but my, I know that I'll be in sex ed in some form the rest of my life. Like, I just know this is just where I, I live. This is where I live, Lindsay. Not Los Angeles. In the ether? I want to move away from Los Angeles, but I want, yeah, sex ed will always be where I live. Yeah, in the ether. There, that can be your t-shirt. Yeah, the internet. Sex ed is where I will always live. Oh. Aww. Yeah. So I don't know. I took a hiatus. Um, I started a Patreon like a year or so ago and then just, oh my God, I'm just going to talk about my life. No, we need to talk about touching ourselves and, <laughs> and people touching themselves. Why am I talking about my life? Um, but you, but actually I will say, cause I wanted to tell you this cause we were texting about it cause you're awesome and we're encouraging me. I appreciate that cause we had goals. Yes, we did. We were yes. trying to support each other in, in our Patreon yes, fulfillment. Is, um, so I wanted to get back at it and a lot of people got really excited. Like, oh my God. And I was with somebody who I started dating, was massively in love with, super great. But like one of those, it was actually a very, um, turned out to be a very abusive relationship, like psychologically abusive. And they were extremely jealous. So for like months, I had this horrible fear that if I said anything wrong on the podcast, it would affect me terribly in my personal life. So like I was just frozen with fear basically for months after I started my Patreon because I had this really jealous partner um that ended <laughs> and i'm so glad because it was terrifying like it was oh. i've never had been in that kind of relationship before yeah so that now i'm like well as a learning experience now i know about the sex ed like the dark side of sex ed where people talk about where you know because you know we talk i like talking about fun stuff mm-hmm. but like when people are like no and then like abusive relationships and like difficult pasts and trauma and things like that and i'm like okay and then now i'm like i get it like like a soldier <laughs> oh. <laughs> I've seen the darkness. It's horrible. <laughs> so I don't know. And then I just kind of had a hard time getting back into it. But I've been in school. And right now I just ended all of my school stuff so that I can try and get, I basically find out in a few months if I get into grad school to be a doctor for physical therapy. I and love it. Yeah, this is, yeah. So while having really weird personal stuff, like I really want to long-term do sex ed and uh, help people with pelvic floor issues, including trans people, kinds of people, people who just had babies. Yeah, that's where I'm going. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah. I'm trying to think of who it was that I just spoke with wanted to do something similar. There's, it's blowing up so much too. So I bet you're going to meet a lot more people who want to do like pelvic work and stuff. Like, ner- like now the nursing field has more pel- like pelvic floor professionals. Like a lot of the medical disciplines are now really paying attention to it. It's very exciting. It is exciting. I know who it is. Prairie, a friend of mine in Montana, mm-hmm. has the same kind of inspiration. If you just had a baby and you want to uh, have a relationship with your vaginal canal and all the, the mm-hmm. muscle structures down there. I'm like, let's do it. Let's help people recover and good. I love that. Yeah. I love that you want to increase awesome in the world. Yeah. I I'm I think for me, I'm shocked at how much, like, you know how you realize oh, this cool technology that's coming out for this computer medical thing is also applicable to, the, to sex lives. Like, there's so much about human technology and like knowledge that can be applied to our personal lives. Like,
like make it better. And like when I am around like physical therapy stuff and I'm like, you know, this would be really good for like great orgasms, right? <laughs> like, like, you know, this like nerve stuff is also good for pleasure, but you can't talk about it in a clinical way. But I'm like, tell me your secrets. I will apply them to the body in a way you wouldn't believe. <laughs> right? So, yeah. yeah. I mean, Havelock Ellis did a similar thing. He was a sexologist long, long time ago. Mm-hmm. And he went to get a medical doctorate because he wanted to like have the the mainstream degree to be able to apply it to sexuality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly. Yeah, I just am so excited to learn everything there is around that. Your sexology great. I'm sexology great. You are a sexology great. Like a thank you. A person for the Hall of Fame. Thank you. You're welcome. You wait. Has anyone told you that you're part of the Hall of Fame? No. Guess what? We'll be neighbors living in sex ed forever. <laughs> yes, in the ether. <laughs> in the ether. Oh my god, are we dead? <laughs> like what are we talking about? Uh, Wanna talk about masturbation? I really do. I love I love thinking about masturbation in so many different ways. <laughs> it's it's just a weird thing to say, but at first when you told me like we could talk about masturbation. I'm like, nah. And then I was like, wait a minute. I love this. Yeah. Well, I think that's because you're a curious person. Um, when I started teaching workshops around just pleasure, like you know, blowjobs and butt stuff and like female orgasm, whatever. Are you the same person, Sandra? Oh my God. Are we? I don't know. We are. <laughs> we're both dead. We're both living <laughs> in the ether and we're the same. Same person. Um, okay. So you you're know, teaching, so teaching workshops. And I think just the amount of ways, because a lot of people will like reach out and like want to show up for classes and like pay for online classes and things because they want to be better at sex. Like that's like one of the driving forces. Mm-hmm. It's like they're either in crisis, like they're going through a divorce and, yeah. and are dating again and freaking out about getting back into sex um, or or they're like totally new and blossoming um, or they want to just be really good at it. And a lot of people don't examine their own masturbatory practices and how that applies to how they are with another person and how they're able to respond to another person. And I just, I find that that inroad into masturbation isn't usually talked about. Like we talk about masturbation as a thing. Let's like, talk about it. Okay. Ask me something. I don't know where to start. I'm too excited. I have something for okay. you. Okay. So this episode is in chronological matching with the sexplanations videos that we do. Okay. And it's where I talk about masturbating masters, which is a coloring book that I made. Before, so before my jaw is Pat- dropped. Before I- Patreon existed, uh-huh. there was a fundraising platform called Subable. Okay. And one of my perk levels. This is all to just get us to do our Patreon perk fulfillment. Um, one of the perk fulfillment levels, or yeah, perk levels, was masturbation tips. I would just send quick ones out to the people whenever. And then I did another one where I said, okay, I'm going to put all of these tips into a book, coloring book of monsters masturbating, and you can <laughs> you can donate to have one of the monsters named after you. So we made this coloring book, and I brought you one. And uh, each page is a write-up about one of the tips and then a monster based on how the, uh, you know, the person wanted to be described or how they described themselves and wanted to be drawn. I am. And there's a cookie recipe at the beginning. For monster cookies. Olfactory aphrodisiac. So a lot of that was me, you know, figuring out masturbation. (laughs) And I'm doing the same thing now for sex tips. Uh Uh-huh. And it's so fun to be having sex and, you know, thinking in my mind, oh my gosh, this is stuff. These are like little suggestions I can share with people. And then also like, stop thinking about Patreon. When oh my I'm God. Trying to come. There was a whole section of time when I was podcasting, like get the first year mm-hmm. where I couldn't do anything.
anything sexual, even masturbate without like turning it into like a class <laughs> module or, or a series of questions to ask, a, ask someone. And I'd have to like stop, like, cause my hand would get tired and I was just designing a class <laughs> yeah. from my own. It's, oh, validation. So yeah, I feel you. I, I see you, Thank but you. also this is wonderful. Also, this is a level of weird that I am all about. Like, We're nerds. This no, Yes. Yes. And also this is, oh, there's nerd. There's a nerd that we can argue about like dorks. We can talk about geeks, but then there's just weird <laughs> and like and like a little twist and there's something like whimsically innocently twisted about this that i love is that okay i mean yes I, of course yeah i love it thank you um oh this is a good one about moving spending too much time sitting being solitary what's the picture? strategies this is a like a oh yes a six-armed monster doing pull-ups and doing a bunch of stuff um one of my favorite tips around masturbating is to move your body so many people are very still like in their trunk and their pelvis and they just mainly move their hands yeah it's like no thrust that action get into it move Ooh. clench your abs that's a great suggestion yeah lately why are you looking at me like you've never heard this like i know that anything coming out of my mouth you've already thought about or said because i'm not thinking about it um from the teacher point of view right now i'm thinking oh. of it from the learner and so i'm not thinking about what i know about sex i'm thinking about my own sex i'm like oh when i masturbate my whole body turns into this freaking number two pencil and it just like elongates and gets really, really tight. And I try and stretch everything as far from head to toe as I can. Does that encourage orgasm? Like that, like like muscle tension straightening? Yes, because I think that as I have aged, mm -hmm. my labia has changed mm -hmm. in, in size and whatnot. And like in order for me to get a good um, stroke on my clitoris, I have to like essentially put a clamp on my labia so that I have more... Your thighs are doing the clamp? Yeah. Okay, so thighs clamp together. Everything is just like... And that kind of raises up your clit when it's engorged? It makes everything... Oh, how can I explain this? It's like the difference between stroking a flaccid dick and a hard dick. Okay, yeah. And so if my legs are all open It's like a push-up bra for your clit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then everything's just like flouncing around. Like, <laughs> do you understand? Then it's I... like just flaccid dick. But if I tighten yes. and yes. pull, essentially, like my th inner thighs pull my labia long and then it makes the foreskin on my clit go the length of every, right? I'm nodding so much right you now. You are. You're like following. Yeah. Then it's more of a hard dick yeah. stroke. I love this. I've never even thought about that. So when I'm looking at, when you're like thrust, get into it, I'm imagining my number two pencil <laughs> getting a, wiggling. a hinge on it or something. And then it's like simultaneously tight and, mm -hmm. you know, going at it like an erector set <laughs> yeah i i come at like sex tips and like and thoughts from like, two angles usually one is troubleshooting mm -hmm. and like if that's working for you then like troubleshooting doesn't really work the other is expanding the toolbox so mm -hmm. like unless you were like i'm so bored or like i need a change like it's just like sounds like you're good <laughs> like <laughs> Lindsay's good everyone um <laughs> Yeah, but I also think that it's important for people to change it up. Like even if it is good. That's true. I okay, personal experience, because I mean some of some of the stuff that I come to is like clinical like research. Some of it is just talking to a hundred hundreds of people over time I came to, and some of it's just like knowing my tendencies or my observations that are anecdotal and being like, Oh, here's right. some options. But like just dating, you know, I anytime I talk about my own personal life, it just sounds like I've dated so many people, which is not really the case, but it sounds like that. 
I'm self-conscious, but <laughs> I've noticed this like recurring theme of when trying to get, because I've dated many males, guys to just talk about their like, sexual experience and stuff like in their own body. They haven't changed their masturbatory practices since they figured it out. Right. Like it's all the same. So this is like 20 years, 30 years, 10 years of the same solo orgasm, same solo pleasure. Yes. It just, it baffles me. I have been all over the map, Lindsay. Ooh, what are the the countries of masturbation that you have visited? <laughs> uh, water world. Yeah. Like, sh- like shower, like using the, the faucet. Like this was Marie Claire, Claire magazine. Like mm-hmm. I'm saying, I want to say circa 1997. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And uh, somebody was writing about being in the bathtub with the water falling on you. So you're lying on your back. And, and so yeah. not the not the shower head. Right. No, 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 no. This is old school. This have you gravity. seen the new faucet attachment that no. directs it better? Oh, that sounds vaguely familiar, but I haven't really examined it. This it's is a good like product. It's kind of like a banana boat thing uh-huh. that comes off of the, the faucet. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're correct. Not, I'm not talking about the shower head. I'm talking mm-hmm. about the yeah. faucet for the Full tub. Full gushing. Yeah. Yes. And it kind of water slides it so that it can go into your crotch better uh-huh. so that you're not up against the tub wall yeah. straddling the yeah. faucet. It can come to you. I wonder. I wonder about that. One of the things, I like it. One of the things about, I had to figure out my body. So it's just like, I have a clit. I have all those things. Is that I'm a very broad sensation pref- preferred person, like a very specific sensation. So if that spigot were like focusing narrow, yes, yes. that might be for like so many other people, but it would not work for my body. I need just like the full broad boom, like <laughs> of just like yes, yeah. Are you are you like we're me? the same? We are, we are the same. We are the same person. Mm-hmm. Cool. So I need to <laughs> cut my hair short. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> we should just find our differences. Yeah, I feel the same way. Do you like dental dams? I do. I think that's why. But I don't. I mean, I've used them like a couple times in my life. But I just I can. I'm so sensitive that I can barely handle um, oral sex mm-hmm. directly. So that's what I actually found that, yeah, you're nodding like... Well, because when people say that uh, they don't like dental dams because it diffuses the, the pleasure, I'm like, oh, that is exactly why I like dental Whoa. dams because it diffuses it. It's not like this sharp electrocution to my clit. It's like, ooh, warm yeah. and happy everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, why isn't my boyfriend right here? Right can we just like <laughs> trade boyfriends and just like talk? Be like, this is what my body needs. <laughs> You can do it yourself. I believe in it. You can <laughs> so tell hard. It's so hard. <sighs> oh, anyway, so back to masturbation. But water I, world. I think water world. I've been to like being on my. I think hmm, the first time I had a masturbatory orgasm without a vibrator, I was like sitting on my my butt, but I was basically doing an ab crunch so that wait, my wait, legs wait, were wait, off. Let me get it in my head. So like you're you're gonna I'm, demonstrate. I'm sitting like sitting on a chair, regular, mm-hmm. but then I lift my feet off the ground, lean back so that only my butt's touching something. Whoa. And so that tension, and I find that for my body, and I know that there are physiological reasons for this, but I feel like year two of grad school, I'll understand the like muscular neural whatever's for this. But like if I clench my abs and like have some kind of tension in my legs, my genital like pelvic floor region tends to relax and can actually feel more pleasure. I can't wait until year two. That's sex nerds hundred. This is going to be the best. Okay. And that's a mystery that I've asked people about. And like no one so far has been able to tell me why 
why clenching some part might relax another part of you. Like that's a really interesting, like the applications are endless, Lindsay. They are. Yeah. Well, Lauren Marie Fleming said that if you tuck your thumb into your palm and squeeze, oh, that it makes thing? it easier to okay. deep throat. What are you going to say? Okay, deep throat. So I have at least- <laughs> Switching 10, gears. I have at least in my advanced blowjob class, Yeah. not to brag, but um, <laughs> I have at least 10 different deep throating techniques uh-huh. because so many people have so many different things. And I've found that like, if I ask a room of 20 people to try that technique and actually put it down their throat, like it will work for one person. It's kind of like most people won't work for, but that like special person will be like, oh snap. So it's just like this quirky thing that works for like an odd corner of the population. You were that person though for masturbation and like uh, crunches relaxing your pelvic floor. Well, we don't know because if everyone's just lying there like a number two pencil, we don't know how many people would benefit from ab crunch masturbation. I'm going to do it. It'll be part of my sex trick. Okay, yeah. And then I'll report back. I'll be like, hey, so I sat like a V and I came and it was meh or meh. Yeah. And it's also like the amount of ableism to expect that people can actually do that because that's a pretty specific stress position to stay in for a while. Oh, totally. I'll do that though because I can, but I think people could practice with it in different yeah. ways where they could maybe, you know, like stretch their jaw or yeah. turn their head in a more contracted way. Mm-hmm. Okay. we. <laughs> do you know the one about opening your throat by opening your butt? What? Okay. So I don't know the physiological <laughs> reason for this, but let's say you want to get something in your butt. For some reason, get because- something in your butt. Like, what yeah. Do- so it goes either way. You, so your mouth is the top of your digestive tract and your butt's the bottom, right? Yeah, you're a donut. It, yeah, you're a donut. You're a long, weird tube. <laughs> Sexy. If you relax your throat, it can, in some cases, help relax your butt to open, like yawning if you're trying to get a butt plug in. And if you want to relax your throat, for whatever reason, maybe work on relaxing your butt clenching muscles. It works for some people, including me. Okay, get me on task. I'm so sorry. I think because I don't talk about sex as much anymore. Stretching my mouth wide open and not pooping on your couch, don't worry. (laughs) Oh, it worked too well. Um, That's great. I like that one. But um, on my stomach, and I feel like the book I Heart Female Orgasm had a, has a lot of tips that really get, puts together a lot of stuff that I had found for myself over the years. Mm-hmm. But the thing that really interests me, I think, around masturbation, and you can ask me more about any of this, is that where female-bodied folks with clits and vaginas tend to get a little more leniency, like, they're so complicated. Who knows? You're just going to have to figure yourself out. Like, so many buttons like there's a little bit of permission of like figuring it out with anyone with a penis there's this thing like totally easy just up down up down and you're done that the amount of variation in pleasure response with people with penises that I've found over the years and just talking to guys is shocking. Like, I don't know if you've found that in, in your endeavors, but like... You're saying that because they are fed the message that masturbation with a penis is very AB to BA or whatever. There's not that they... much space for... for I'm just going to say guys and men and mm-hmm. just anyone with a penis. It's hard language sometimes and I don't know how to use my language right now. So anyone with a penis, there's just this idea that it's easy. And so it's really hard to go from a, whenever 
a man says to me, like, you know, I'm just a guy. I just like it like regular. I'm all my sex is regular. And I just have over the years, just because usually that's if I dive deeper with that person and talking about sex, like it turns out that they're actually like non-normative in a lot of ways to experience pleasure. There's just not a lot of space for that mm-hmm. to be able to talk about it. So just in like diving deeper to try and figure out like my blowjob, just to like figure out classes, just to like present like here's what's possible with the human body. Yeah. Mm-hmm sex that I, I've just been shocked over the years at how much variety there is and how people with penises touch themselves to feel good in orgasm. It's just shock. Like, You're shocked by yeah. the diversity? Yeah, like some men don't even touch their heads and barely any of their shaft and just touch the very base of their shaft and push in toward their bodies. Like, did you know this? Like, this is like, a, I, I've found, I assume everything, but yes. yeah. Like, and I figure part of it is just because the shaft feels good, but I think also it's like indirect um, prostate stimulation. Oh, nice. Um, Um, but you know, for whatever reason that feels really good. Awesome. But like, there's no space for that. I've never heard like people just talk about that. They just think that a guy grabs his dick, moves from like head down halfway and up down and then they're done. Like that's just, just not a space. Because that's what we hand motion. Classic. Yeah. Yeah. Skeet, skeet. I don't know. I find that really interesting. Like how many people figured out that like rubbing up against a pillow or their bedspread felt really good. And then like, so like rubbing up against things that I went through a total phase on that as an adult though. Which is interesting because there's this thing that I read about called traumatic masturbatory syndrome. Really? People who start by masturbating or primarily masturbate on their stomachs by Mm -hmm. like rubbing the erectile tissue onto an object Mm -hmm. are not able to orgasm during partnered relationships or they have a harder time coming to orgasm with them. That has a term now? Wait, traumatic masturbatory syndrome. syndrome. I don't know how legit it is. But I remember having a bunch of clients describing the same problem. And then I would talk to them about their sexual activities and they would all say they masturbated face down. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I wonder if this is a thing. Easy to Google. Face down, masturbation, difficulty during intercourse. And it's it came so... up. Traumatic masturbatory syndrome. I love that you've found this. It's, it's interesting. In my life, it, like, I've been with... <sighs> Talk. It all blends together in terms of conversations. So like, was that a partner? Was that a person at a sex store that I was after a <laughs> class? Like, I don't know who I was talking to. But like a lot of people who tend to masturbate f- face down and then have a hard time ma- uh, orgasming with a partner on their back and then like finding that it's easier once, once they finally figure out that they need to be on their stomachs, like basically on top of their partner. Like just like mm, mimicking yeah, yeah. their masturbatory yeah. stuff um, during their partner play. But then like people who do tend to rub up against stuff in order to come need less lube to increase friction. So so change your body position and then then stop with all the loop. We need to do research. So it's not just people like us being like, we had this experience. (laughs) We heard this thing. We did. We Googled it. I I, want to know if that helps though for people who have traumatic masturbatory syndrome. I want to know. So do I. Yeah. Let's get out there. You're back in school. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure like. That's where all the funding is. Yeah. Mm. We need so much funding for researching pleasure. It's so important. (laughs) Anyway, 
<sighs> so with the water, with tightened other body parts, with toys, without toys, on your stomach. Yeah. Um, I mean, my I think if my body's ability to orgasm were really easy, I probably would have just stuck to one thing. But because it's just always sort of elusive and moving, Ooh. that I kind of, kind of have to re-figure out myself every so often. And so I've kind of gone through different phases of what works for me. Yeah. My fantasies change from year to year. Like, so even like psychological stimulation like changes. Yeah. Oh, that's me. I like it that you've embraced who you are and you're working with it rather than resisting it. Thank you. It hasn't killed me yet. So it makes me stronger. I guess. <laughs> what about you? I mean, have you always been a pencil person? Oh, wait, no. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's the awkward way to put it. Um, no. I think that when I was little, I remember humping uh, cushions or a doll head, maybe. I remember doing insertion with lotion bottles. And mm-hmm. um, then when I started partner play, there was a lot of fingering that mm-hmm. had to do with clip massage. And Is this by yourself or with a partner? That was with a partner, but mm-hmm. I think that that then helped me explore <clears throat> self-clitoral stimulation. Mm-hmm. And now that's pretty much what I do. But before the pencil, mm-hmm. I would masturbate on my back legs spread as far as possible. Oh, interesting. So in completely different directions. That's interesting. Something I've noticed is that, and this is part of, I think, why I really like, um, not that I integrate it that often, honestly, but um, bondage, mm-hmm. especially for the legs, muscle pressure to like bring the legs, basically something to tug against so that yes. it's like tug in or completely out. Both of those seem to do something nice to the pelvic area. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You see that. Yeah. 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 Fascinating. So I like starting yeah. under the covers. Mm-hmm. This might be like a weird shame culture thing, but start under the covers. And then mm-hmm. at a certain point, like right before I'm going to come, I have to tear them off and be like, nothing is restraining <laughs> me. I'm free and liberated. I will come now. I love that. It's so theatrical. It's like, um, it's like a Jungian exercise <laughs> of f- f- freeing yourself. I love that. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a journey. You go on a whole like hero's journey in your masturbatory practice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, for my doctoral program, we had to masturbate and write about it and masturbate and write about it. So there was lots of learning that happened and thinking about it in a clinical huh. way. Huh. Was it just for you or did your professors read it? Professor. Oh, like, you don't get to read about my masturbatory practice. It was, uh, I mean, this is before a lot of the um, the culture around non-binary world, the, that whole world really, really came about. And so it was called a women's group and it was for women to learn how to teach other women how to orgasm. Huh. And so looking at our own orgasmic hmm. practices, masturbation techniques was part of that, which makes sense, right? You do the exercises that you want your clients mm-hmm. to do. Oh, that's true. And like notice how that changes things. Yeah. Did you discover anything cool in it? Like, oh, this is handy. I'm going to put this away for later. <laughs> the one thing that I remember is that the professor asked us a question. Um, if you stop contact during masturbation or arousal, will you have an orgasm or not? What happens to your orgasm? If you, you mean stop like right it? when you're at that point? Yeah. Well, I guess while you're orgasming, if you remove contact, what happens? Huh. And everybody in the group reported that when they did that, that the orgasm would immediately stop. Oh, interesting. Something that I've been thinking about that you just made me think of is like what equals sexual satisfaction? Mm-hmm. We've been talking about orgasm, but like there are so many things 
around sex that make me feel satisfied. That this, the ex- physio- like the bo- embodied sensation of being highly aroused, is in itself such a wonderful experience mm. and makes me feel very alive. So like now, I want to, well, maybe next time I'll like I want to see if I keep orgasming. I feel like I might keep orgasming if I stop touching myself. Uh, do you think that's possible? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, yes, I do because I think that people can have orgasms without contact at all, and I think that from my own body, the first time when I, I thought about it and I removed contact, it definitely stopped. But now it's like the orgasm transforms. It's not the same um, kind of magnetism, but mm-hmm. it still keeps going. There's still a flush and pleasure and like the heightest, the heightened, the height, the highest sense of arousal. Yeah, no, that's right. It does. Yeah, that was a great way to say it. Yeah, I concur. Yeah. But I agree with you. Orgasm doesn't have to be the, the even the climax of a masturbation or intercourse experience. No, I mean, it's awesome. It's like, totally awesome. <laughs> I'm not definitely negating that. No, I just, I've been thinking about it because I, I've kind of come to, at some point, like a year or two ago, I realized I had like five or six different sexual, not libidos, but like depending on my mood, I'd be horny, but I'd be horny for like one of six different things. Will you tell me what they are? <laughs> Um, I haven't like, and this can change. This is like a only because I feel like thing. you have the answer to my own position like, on it. <laughs> well, for me, part of I think podcasting and like just being just seeking out so much sex ed info is just I didn't realize how much I didn't match mainstream the stories we tell mainstream about sexuality mm. and who are what our bodies are capable of. So like sometimes I'm horny for an orgasm. So I don't really care if I'm with my someone or myself. I just really my body needs an orgasm right mm-hmm. so that's totally a thing um having um a vagina i it's like sometimes i just need to be penetrated so i don't care if i have an orgasm but i really need stimulation and like muscular and vaginal like release internally right so like there's that so so after i have that i'm like ah yes excellent then there's like having the need for somebody who is transferring their energy into me so that might be if being penetrated and being on bottom it might be more of a, like a bdsm thing where i'm actually being in impacted by them or like pressed on the chest or like spanked or like something where I'm absorbing impact coming into me. And then there's where I, my sexual energy is, I will feel my um, satisfaction is like just being very aggressive with someone. So it could be like slamming them down or like having sex, you know, where they're more still and I'm the one who's active, like just something where I'm transferring my energy into someone else. Well, what is that? Like four or yeah, five four. or something. Um, some of it, sometimes it's like psychological, emotional, like um, emotionally it'd be like, I really need to feel that like like super like oxytocin, dopamine, whatever that rush is yeah. where I'm like really connected with someone. Like that's a thing where I'm super horny for that. Um, of course, all of these sort of like I might be in like a three of six mood or yeah, something, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, some of it might be more like role play, like exploring relational differences, power. Um, so like it, to me, that's like playing with a roller coaster, you know, yeah. whether it's fear or excitement or curiosity or like suspense, like just going on in an emotional ride that is safe and in a trusting relationship like that's fun um yeah those are those are some that's of them six. is that six yeah oh cool okay yeah but just noticing that when my sexual energy is kind of peaked i have to kind of check in and be like what is it I, that i my body is sort of asking for or my heart or my brain because if not i might like have really awesome orgasmic sex but i don't actually feel particularly like sated see this is exactly why i wanted no- to know your answer because you're looking at me quietly and i'm like i don't know if she's getting anything out of I am because okay. I, I relate so much to it because I'm I would say I am turned on or like 
feeling that sexual energy 90% of the day, especially with the work that we do. Mm-hmm. I feel like the stimulus comes in and it's there, but the solution for it isn't always the same. It's not always that I need an orgasm. Maybe I just need to um, do some sex research and have stimulation of my sexual Intellectual yeah. sexual stimulation. Or cool. maybe like I need my vagina shoveled out. Like there's a little shoveled demon in there out. that needs to be ripped out, but that doesn't necessarily mean that my clitoris needs to scream or be mm-hmm. strangled or what, you mm-hmm. know, whatever those emotions are at the time. This is great. <laughs> this is great talking with myself. <laughs> No, I, and I, I mean, I know that I want to like learn a lot more, obviously about the pelvic floor for, for work in the pelvic area for physical therapy. Like, and that's really important to me and I look forward to it. Um, but in terms of personal application and sex ed stuff, like, like penises and dildos are awesome, but like there's having actually anally too, but like the vaginal walls and like, just like, if you just put fingers in there and like press in different ways mm-hmm. and like an angle and get in there, there's just all these ways. It's almost like internal yoga. Just, yeah. You can push and shove and kind of... And it's not necessarily like super sexy, but there's something very satisfying about about being like worked out in that way. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah, you get it. Oh. Have you ever had someone stretch your body for you, your arms or your legs? Momentarily, but not a ton. It's kind of weird. Like at first it's like startling. It's so lovely. <laughs> like, oh gosh, I don't have to be responsible to hold my leg above my head for 30 seconds and like count and regulate pressure. Oh yeah, I guess I have had this more. Yeah. So somebody doing the same thing to my pelvic floor and not being worried that they're gonna hurt me like knowing that I can my body's built to handle and wants to receive that amount of pressure and intention how many people are like oh, it's a delicate flower I'm like no it's fucking not <laughs> get in there <laughs> babies babies come out of there all right well do you want to do kegels Rain, squeeze, squeeze it Yes. Do you have a way that you have learned that you can share with us and we'll do them together? I would rather you tell me what to do. Yeah, that's right. I'm getting subby. Um, <laughs> my, actually, my issue is not, well. Do you tighten? Are you in like a tightened state? Okay. Almost all the time. I don't think that I tighten fully. So like I squeeze, but mm-hmm. having talked to some pelvic specialists, I realized that I need to go like super clenchy to get everything in there. So I'm pretty strong. Um, but then I do have a hard time remembering to relax fully. Well, you want to talk me through some relaxations? Yes, but I also want to ask you one more question. Okay. Um, If something, like, let's say you imagine something awful, like you're, I don't know why I'm asking you to imagine something awful, like (laughs) something horrible, like um, your house guest gets a piece of glass stuck in their foot. Okay. Where do you feel that? Oh, I felt like shame and concern kind of like in my, like in my belly, but deep in near my spine. Like I was very concerned, like it's not superficial. It's like really center. Yeah. yeah. Mine is there and, and vagina. Really? Like something I think about like my kids getting hurt or my dog or something like that, or like somebody tripping and almost scraping their body on the ground. It is in my vagina. Okay. So like the house guest, I was like, oh no, I'm partially responsible. But even if it's like somebody on the street, like trips or something, you kind of have a feeling in your vagina. Yeah. What is it? Wh- how does it feel? It feels like, uh, maybe a sneeze. It feels like an orgasm, but it's very muted. Well, you just like palpated with your hands. So do you have like a relaxed, like you have um, a twitch? Yeah, it's like a twitch. Oh, it's interesting. Like, a, whoo, like, you know how some people feel like they, the wind is knocked out of them. Uh-huh. That's how it feels, but in my vagina. Oh, like it drops out totally and yeah. then comes back? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Well, it's more like it gets 
sucked up and then falls. Oh, so the initial reaction is the tightening and then you return yeah, to normal. So. Oh, okay. So it's the opposite of dropping out. You drop in or you pull in. You guard? No, It's like I a mean, guarding. I want a pelvic specialist to get up in there and then <laughs> like imagine like a bio, somebody like tripping. Do biofeedback yeah. and like, that seems fun. Um, come back in three and a half years. Three and a half. I, I mean, you have your friends that are pelvic specialists too. Um, yeah, get in there with, with some science fiction equipment. Let me know. Text me. Like, this is what's happening. Okay, so moving on. Okay. That's all to say that I would, I'm just curious if a lot of sex educators feel their anxiety in their vaginas like I do or not. Or their genitals. I have so much numbness in my body. Like, would I? I have like a very complex PTSD like situation. So mm-hmm. like, I have a lot of numbness. Um, so my my body feelings are either really loud or like not there at all. So I don't. Yeah, I don't have that specific thing. But now I want to think about all the quirky ways that my um, reproductive organs give me feedback during the day. I want to think about that. Yeah. Will you trip later for me? <laughs> Just friend to friend, no big deal. <laughs> yes, I, I'll trip and you can, you need to have a something in your vagina to tell whether or not it's clenching. Oh, yeah. is the one for the penis. We're totally not doing kegels right now. I'm trying to. I'm trying to relax okay. and push out. All right, I'm pushing out too. This will be our kegels. Just, just push, just breathe and let the badass musculature that helps with childbirth and toy and penis and finger constriction and anything else that's going on in there just oh, free. It, at first, I was pushing down, uh-huh. which is, and then I could feel my jaw, my throat, and my mouth like relax, and then I just looked stupid. <laughs> so I looked really sleepy. But then, after maybe you were talking for a little bit, I felt sort of more deep in me relax. So there's less tension than there was probably this whole conversation right now. Good. Yeah. yeah, I think I pushed down too. Like I'm trying to, I have to squeeze my vagina out of my body, out of my pelvis, but I think I'm trying to do it so that it's really just opening my vagina so that the tube is wider. Like I was over accentuating and I kind of eased off and then I found like a realization. Oh, ooh. This is what my vagina is doing right now. <laughs> I just like gave her a stoned stare. <laughs> Which is interesting because I, like you'd mentioned before, that tightening, like that over tension that a lot of people have in their their pelvic muscles, Mm -hmm. which is so preventative of orgasm. So sometimes just like the really wide leg versus really tight leg is how some people will like squeeze their their orgasm muscles and then that will help trigger it. That will do it for me sometimes. And also forcing my body not to squeeze at all can sometimes trigger orgasm. (sighs) Are we the same again? Are we different? I'm just thinking. Thank goodness the RV is here so that if I need to go take care of anything that was like talking about macerating this whole time, like my bed is right outside in your parking lot. Dr. Doe, are you getting aroused? I'm always aroused. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. No, it's it lovely. Nice. Okay. So like the nice kind, like the invited kind. Yes. When I was younger, it definitely was not pleasurable. It was mm-hmm. horrible. And I had to figure out how to manage. But as I'm aging into it and some of it's dying down, it's like, oh, this is, I can do this. I'm this so is glad. just like having energy. Yes, mm-hmm. that's true. Yeah, if you channel it well, like, heck yeah. yeah. Okay, so sex for credit. Now you can practice at home. Dr. Doe gives you sex credit. Oh, oh right. Okay, uh, something that we you can go. You came up with something go, already. I, it, and then we had a really great, long, cool conversation. So I was, I'm in a different place. I'm a different person now than I was 45 <laughs> minutes ago. Okay. Occur. 
Um, through this extra credit, I would say if you want to test yourself, if you if you do masturbate, um, try. This is actually from the I Heart Female Orgasm book. I don't remember the authors, um, but just if you tend to masturbate in one position right before you orgasm, stop. Good job. That alone is you're very good at it. self control. <laughs> and then switch positions. So if you're on your back, maybe get on your side and, and then start over and see if you can get there. And then when you get in your orgasm, stop. And then switch again and maybe get on your knees. Maybe stand up. What? Yeah, stand up. Maybe, I don't know. I'm I'm not your yoga instructor. Figure it out <laughs> and see if you can do that like five times. And then finally let yourself orgasm. That's just a nice way to give your body more versatility, your nervous system, more versatility of, of, of in, uh, taking um, what we call it proprioception um, and, and just, just giving you more, more opportunities to find pleasure in different positions. This is a good thing to do. Mm, yeah. That's such a good one. Oh, cool. Thanks. I stole it from I Heart from the Orgasm. That's great. Okay. You're resourceful. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> this has been really fun. I really appreciate it. I, I don't know. I just was looking forward to seeing you today and getting to podcast with you and talk about sex is just so delightful. So thank you. Yeah. Let's do your podcast. <gasps> okay. And where can they find you on all the, the podcast places? It really is just there. Sex Nerd Sandra everywhere on, yeah, I think on most of the platforms you can get my show. It just pops up when anyone, you know, subscribe, whatever. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I can find you on Patreon. Oh yeah. <laughs> Guilt. Anyway, oh, we're going to talk about that on my podcast. How about that? Perfect. Okay. Well, thank you for being on the Sexplanations podcast. Thank you for doing your own podcast. Thank you to the people who support us on all of our projects. Um, for us, the bosses of this Explanations podcast, Ben Trammell, Donna Flint, The Millers, and Zipois. Uh, I also want to thank Count Boogie for the jingles and the production team who makes possible, and Cora and Paro, I'm Still Learning. <laughs>